0: Welcome to the history of the Batman with London, brought to you by Meltdown Comics and Collectibles in Hollywood, California. This is where we relive the defining moments of one of the most iconic figures in comic art and literature, the Batman. My name is Adam Silverstein, and I'm joined with her Batness, London. Also from the shadows, you may get to hear from our main man, Shadow Adam also like to shout out Mason Booker here our engineer and producer. Today we are discussing a very very interesting topic that is relevant in news and kid with kids with adults with everything. We are talking about the use of guns in comics in the Batman comics and essentially his moral compass with regards to killing. So London what Is this topic going to... Where are we going with this?
1: Well, I feel as... I talk to the followers and more people and more Batman fans. They usually have this notion that Batman has always been a no guns and no killing. And that's been a rule that's been set in stone for him. And just the history of him using a gun as a weapon or him killing anyone or anything or just even the, the thought process of whether killing is wrong or right in certain situations has kind of developed over time and it's due to in inner and outer, you know, workings of comic books and I think even if there's a certain part or if you like the aspect that Batman doesn't kill people or that he doesn't use guns, that he uses his own tech or he uses his own strength, that any part of Batman is an important part of his history. And I think we just need to expand upon it a little bit, see why it was so prominent for him to use this weapon or to have this mentality in the early or the late 1930s and the 40s and kind of see why that aspect went away in comics and kind of essentially in other media such as film and television.
0: So right now, is the standard no killing?
1: Pretty much, yes.
0: (laughs) And is that, that's, but it's not always been like that.
1: But it's not always been like that. And I think just seeing why or how it pretty much got to the point that it is today that he doesn't kill and he doesn't use guns i think it's just an interesting progression of just time over batman stories and comics so i'm really interested to talk about that
0: all right well i'm i'm i think you got some uh good music to <laughs> to back you up on that this week i think so all right so i guess probably with a topic like this To kind of trace the evolution, we should probably just start at the beginning. So, Batman is first created, and where is he at with regards to the extent of violence he will use to stop the bad guys?
1: Well, first, Batman was created by Bob Kane, who was inspired by Pulp Fiction stories and comics, and definitely uh, The Mask of Zorro, and all these kind of dark figures and along with Bill Fingers um, wanting to make him a kind of scientific detective you kind of are, it's created the Batman which was he originally debuted in Detective Comics 27 from 1939 Um, and pretty much shortly after his introduction I mean for the first year he's in comics literally his first year from April of 1939 to April of pretty much 1940 he's by himself he doesn't have a sidekick he doesn't have anyone he's just fighting crime alone and he is kind of a much darker figure in his mentality and his look and in his kind of manner with going about you know different in different stories and you first prominently see A gun and him use it in Detective Comics 32 which is October of 1939 so it's really not that far from his debut and it's in a story that if you're following we talked about in the last episode it was the Batman versus Vampire and he has to defeat the supernatural villain Mad Monk by and he's a vampire so usually in most lore to kill a vampire you have to you know stake him through the heart but in this case he fashioned silver bullets and shot both him and his accomplice and said you aren't going to harm any other mortals ever again and shot them. Now it's his first time kind of prominently using a gun and killing someone. And people can argue that he's not a person. He's a supernatural creature and it doesn't count. And I've, you know, heard that before, but the fact that he has a gun just on him is, you know, it it doesn't shy away from kind of just the almost pulp Western stories that you kind of read along with in detective comics, because, you know, Batman was the first, you know, is the first story you read in this series, in this publication, but the other stories deal with different crime and, you know, like I said, different topics and, you know, guns and that aspect of him being just this dark figure, which kind of was opposite of the very light figure of Superman that, you know, came out a year prior, is, it's not really surprising that he would use a gun or be okay with the idea of killing another being or a person
0: now in the last episode you talked about the batarang right so batman actually used the batarang first against the mad monk right and then that didn't, <laughs> and that didn't work so he pulled out his gun
1: <laughs> it worked on everything else from es- es- escaping werewolves to fighting a huge ape but to actually kill or get rid of something that supernatural. He had to resort to, I guess, just, yeah, using... He made silver bullets out of like melting a candle and then he put them in his gun and he shot them both in their coffins and then him and his fiance, Julie Madison, went swinging into the night and that's how the issue ended.
0: Mm. <laughs> so when did... Uh, do you know when the next time Batman used a gun to actually kill somebody or to shoot somebody?
1: Well you see, even if it's not to kill somebody, you see it right in the next issue because on the cover, which was a cover by Bob Cayman Detective Comics thirty three, next month over, you see him wielding a gun on his hip. You know, he's kind of flying into a car with these two crooks and so he's pretty much the whole cover. So you see that and then it what's interesting is that that issue is the first time you he- you read the origin story of batman because prior to it he didn't have an sto- an origin story you didn't know how he came to be and you know i think it's called like the legend and how he came to be and you see that pretty much they're walking home from the theater and this random mugger wants to take Martha Wayne his mom's pearl necklace and then Thomas Wayne puts up a fight and then the mugger shoots Thomas and even though in this first origin she kind of dies from shock Martha Wayne passes away as well and so Batman just watches his two parents been murdered with by a gun and so a lot of people think that because he was killed their his parents were killed with a gun that that's the main reason why, you know, in comics now that he wouldn't use a gun in his defense against people like the muggers that killed his family. So, which is a good theory. It's not necessarily solid or isn't, you know, written down like this is why. It's, you know, there's just different reasons why. But, I mean, that's what a lot of people – go with and in the ending panel even though you don't see him shoot anybody you see him shooting something he pretty much uses it to shoot a a ray machine and to make it explode so he can escape the building so even in there when he's pointing at the machine he's like I hope I don't die with the explosion I mean he's not <laughs> he's not killing you, we're anybody we're getting cheered on by yeah. <laughs> they like this story too um he doesn't necessarily kill somebody but he does use the gun to escape the situation he's in so it's not like the batarang but i mean he has it on him when needed and it's never really been much of a problem in the in in 1939 or 1940 bullets sound cheaper than (laughs) batarangs. yeah that's definitely true Um, But when you see him, I guess, kill someone or threaten to kill someone is probably a few issues before in Detective Comics 29. So that's two issues after his debut in 27. And he's dealing with his first big villain, Dr. Death, who um, is actually kind of was resurrected in the New 52, um, the, the Scott Snyder and Capullo stories, which I always found interesting. Um, But he does pull out a gun and threaten his henchmen and say, if you don't tell me where this person is, I'll kill you. So it's kind of, you know, he may not use it to kill people, but he's using it actively enough where he's comfortable with it or he doesn't have a problem with using it if he has to, right. you know, it's kind of just more prominent It's part of his, you know, his arsenal. He has a gun, he has a batarang, he has a utility belt, you know, he has a bat plane, you know, all the other stuff. It's kind of just there, but... The next time he doesn't kill someone with the gun, he kills them with his, f- his foot, which is interesting. It's in the next issue, Detective Comics 30, which continues on with the Dr. Death story. Um, he kills one of his henchmen who is leaning outside of a window, an open window, and Batman grapples down and snaps his neck with his foot. And he pretty much <laughs> killed someone with his foot, which is as graphic as it can be. I mean, it's pretty full force, you know, and he didn't have any remorse about it. He was just, you know, that's just something I have to do. So you kind of see.
0: That is actually uh, pretty shocking.
1: <laughs> and even looking at it, I mean, you know, the panel itself, when his foot lands on his neck, there's, a, you know, the big, you know, it says Snap. I mean, Mm. it's very graphic, but then he just keeps going. It's Mm. not, you know, a moment of, oh, no, I killed somebody or I did something. It's like he is a bad guy. He needed to go, you know, and I have to continue on with my mission of stopping Dr. Death. And he doesn't have anyone with him, a Robin character yet. He's on his own and he's just being, you know, anytime any crook sees him, he's like, oh, it's the Batman. It's this... He's just a very dark figure.
0: It's almost like a early version of the Punisher,
1: right? Um, even though in every you know every issue, he pretty much knocks them out, you know, makes them right. unconscious. Not you as know. extreme. Not as, the as Punisher, extreme, but definitely, but willing to
0: use that type of force.
1: Exactly. He's not withholding that, you know, because oh, he thinks it's wrong. He uses it when he needs to, um, and you still. See like the imagery of the of him wielding a gun in Detective Comics thirty five, which starts in January of nineteen forty. Um, The big splash page is him, you know, having a gun in his hand and is about to shoot it. And I mean, it's just the most. What issue the, is that? Uh, thirty five. Detective Comics thirty five. I think it's January of nineteen forty. Is the cover date, and there's a splash page, which you know is the one inside, not the cover page. And he, I mean, it's the least subtle um, image I think of him holding a gun in this early of an of an age as possible. I mean, he's it's to the side, and it's a, it's a smoking gun. It's pretty much he just shot it. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's him holding a gun. And he shot it to somewhere, either if it was someone or something. Um. But really, after that, piano. Um, you know, you, you still continue to kind of see him use a gun in the next issue in issue 36, and he's kind of using it to actually summon the police. He's trying to get commissioner Gordon's attention because at this point, there's no bat signal. (laughs) There's no, uh, you know, him flicking it off in the sky. I mean, that's not, that doesn't come yet. So he uses a gun. We're not really sure where it comes from, but like I said, I mean, it's wielded on his hip and the other issues. Um, It really doesn't have a significant change until Detective Comics 38, which comes out in April of 1940, is when Dick Grayson first debuted as Robin the Boy Wonder, and he gets his own origin story. And, of course, you know, Dick Grayson was brought in to lighten Batman up pretty much and to kind of appeal to a younger audience because of course with the stories that Batman's been having from dealing with supernatural vampires to um, just dealing with evil doctors and just it's all kind of you know very pulp fiction kind of dark and you need he needed a balance. To pretty much appeal to a wider audience, kind of appealing to the audience that Superman already kind of had, because even though Superman his mentality has changed, and it's an interest- it's interesting to look at that as well. He obviously you know Metropolis is bright and light, whereas Gotham City and Batman is a little bit darker um but once Dick Grayson kind of came in, then that's when you kind of see um Batman. And Commissioner Gordon and Robin starting to say, you know, you don't really use guns in a fight. Although you see, you know, them using guns kind of in a more um, World War Two propaganda and the, you know, in forty two and forty three and forty four. But yeah, once Dick Grayson was introduced, that's kind of when he kind of started leaning back towards using guns. So you know, you know, carelessly and just. Um, He doesn't really use it as a weapon at all.
0: So were there societal pressures that were happening that caused this change? Or was it simply the introduction of a young boy, the storyline that required, you know, this change in philosophy?
1: I think it was more just for dc comics or national comics or you know national publications as they were before i think they just wanted to broaden batman's horizons and audience because he was already such a popular character just being in one story of detective comics each month that in the same year they gave him his own publication batman number 1
0: oh you mean that societal pressure making money Exactly.
1: <laughs> I really think that's as simple as introducing Dick Grayson was. Was just really trying to get more people into reading Batman comics, and of course, even the demographic today, it starts with you know age thirteen and even younger, and it's you know they want pe- more people. They wanted more people to read the comics, and so I think that's why Dick Grayson was introduced. And I think just thinking of it in a logical sense you really wouldn't want a a young boy who's a sidekick, you know, and you shooting your gun every other, you know, time. It's kind of, you know, he, and when he trains, you know, Grayson into being Robin, you know, he trains him with all the martial arts and the acrobats and kind of having him use his own, you know, physical talent instead of, you know, just using, you know, a gun. And you kind of start seeing that, in in following issues um once batman number one came um you even sooner in batman number seven um
0: what year is this uh
1: that is i want to say 1942 i want to say yeah that makes sense (laughs) um he commissioner gordon in in one of the panels he's in like a a, you know in a courtroom he pretty much says that batman and robin you know they never use guns or weapons and that kind of mentality stays within the internal stories of batman um but what really triggered you know them changing it so drastically was actually in the first issue of Batman number one where Dick Grayson was there um, and they have to go up against Hugo Strange which is one of the first um, Batman rogues that kind of still remained you know before Joker and Catwoman who were introduced in this issue you know Hugo Strange was there in the early Detective Comics stories and he makes these giant monster men and they're pretty much like they they have like a zombie type mentality and they're just these huge guys that you know it's like kind of like a Hulk Smash type of thing. And Batman has to go up against one of them and in the end he ends up while well, he's flying his bat plane and he snatches him with a rope. He pretty much hangs him from the bat plane. And you see his body just there and then he says it was, but he was better off this way. So even that panel and Robin was involved in the story and everything. But once that happened, I think just editorial wise, they wanted to kind of get away from such, you know, violence.
0: Yeah, I wonder, I wonder though, what that conversation was like, <laughs> you know, because I, I guess that it sounds like that was maybe the last
1: right point that
0: last straw or exactly. the tipping point right. that ultimately. i mean
1: even if you know in batman's logic you know he wasn't really a person he was kind of you know manipulated and you know transformed into this giant kind of just being that you know doesn't really have you know who's not like human you know he may think like oh okay well it's fine to kill him you know because he's not it's better for him this way having that mentality That pretty much stopped after that incident. And moving forward, you know, in the 40s, the most you would see Batman, you know, with a gun is pretty much on World War... For World War II propaganda, which was trying to get people to buy war bonds to support the troops. Um, There were issues like there's Batman um, number 15, which is a little bit after... Uh, it's kind of like mid-42, 43, like early 43, and Batman is holding a rifle and is shooting it, but it says, keep the bullets flying, you know, go with, you know, keep and buy war bonds. I mean, it was stuff like that, and same thing with World's Finest with Superman, Batman and Robin, and same thing with Detective Comics. At that point, after, you know, it, when it was after World War Two, you didn't really see batman using a gun or really you know using it in that way and it really shifted once the 50s started
0: real real quick did batman fight in world war ii Uh, i mean i know captain america right
1: captain america did but batman no he wasn't necessarily drafted i don't think in any of (laughs) them
0: i don't think he was drafted i mean but maybe he went over to you know Bust some Nazis or something. Like...
1: <laughs> no. The only time he would really deal with Nazis is if they were secret spies coming into Gotham. Yeah, okay. That's the only time he really had interaction, which happened a lot in
0: those stories. So he was fighting the war. He so was... he was
1: fighting the war, but just on his home turf, but then telling everyone to go out and still support the troops that are overseas. Right. So he was- Did he
0: kill any of those, any of the Nazis?
1: And that's what's interesting is that, you know, when Batman fights, you know, and especially in the 40s stories, you know, you kind of, there's a very thin line between knowing whether he killed them or if they're kind of unconscious because you kind of just don't see him anymore. (laughs) So it is a total possibility that the random crooks that he fights, you know, or if he's fighting them and then he pushes them off, you know, a building, he technically killed them, you know, (laughs) or, you know, they... He pushes them in front of like a moving train or he falls into the ocean. I mean, you would think, okay, those were fatal, um, you know, fights. So, and that necessarily didn't really bother anybody or Dick, you know, wasn't like, oh, gee golly, you just killed somebody. It That never really came up. But more of him not using a gun was really implemented into a lot of different comics at the end of the 40s, and kind of the early 50s. Um, yet, you still kind of saw him use them in kind of random situations. Um, you know, he would have a gun in kind of the later like, like in Detective Comics 121, he shoots, you know, he shoots at Commissioner Gordon, but go- but it's part of a whole scheme. And he has a bulletproof you know, vest on and, you know, he uses a gun then, he uses a gun, you know, in different um but then he use a gun in different scenarios and then say, I've never used a gun before. It's kind of like a co- continuity plot hole like in um like in the issue uh detective comics uh two sixty, which was in nineteen
0: fifty eight. You so know, real, kind of real real quick before you go there. Definitely so- there's a golden age of comics, right? right? And that's up to the early 50s,
1: right? That's pretty much like to I would say 54.
0: Okay, so the 30s to 54, right? And now you're talking about stuff in the Silver Age,
1: right? Silver Age was pretty much starts the late 50s, which is after 54, and that pretty much goes to actually the technically the mid 80s, even though you see the the genre Batman stories transition into a darker theme, it's still considered... The modern age doesn't really come until the mid-'80s when stories like Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns and Batman Year One and things like that kind of come into play. Okay. And that's considered modern,
0: I suppose. Okay, so now you're back... I'm sorry, you were at Issue 100 you were talking about?
1: Yeah, I was at Detective Comics, I think, 260. And it's like the late... Oh. It's the late 50s, no? <laughs> and it's like in 58. And, I mean, he pretty much uses... A rifle to shoot at a target but you know in the panel it just is like you know it's like but he's he says he's a crack shot but he doesn't remember ever using a gun there are certain instances in the 50s that kind of wash out that the 40s and you know his first year ever happened you know it's kind of like they're trying to ignore the fact that he ever even used a gun and in some and then there's this one issue batman number 65 where um he's talking to a governor and he's giving him a license to carry a pistol and he's as bruce wayne he's not batman and then in his mind you know he kind of has a thought bubble he's like bruce wayne not even batman would ever carry a pistol i mean it's kind of interesting how they you know especially silver age is defined as you know especially with the comics code authority you know cracking hard on you know the comics being much lighter, not much violence, not much, you know, sexuality or sexual innuendo and kind of making them much more kid friendly. Him, you know, kind of forgetting that he ever used the gun would make sense in the writer's perspective, you know, kind of washing out that time where he was a little bit more violent, a little bit more dark. Um. But I think once you kind of get past the 50s and 60s, it's much, much rarer to see Batman use a rifle or a weapon. And I think when you, when you look at it in the later years, like in the 80s and the 90s, you know, that's those times where he uses a weapon such as a gun is interesting because it's kind of, they kind of have Th- three decades of kind of just implementing you know you don't use you know you know you don't use guns and I'm pretty sure in one of I mean one of the issues in Batman 129 there you know they used to get you know the edit the editor you know questions and people would write in and they can answer them and one of them was why doesn't Batman carry a gun just very straight and simple and the The response was pretty much they wanted, they said, we rely on our resourcefulness and our wit and our intelligence to beat, you know, the bad guy and not on weapons, you know, that are violent.
0: Did Batman ever say this?
1: Um, In the comics? I mean, in the comics, he would. Um, There were instances where they would come, I mean, Batman and Robin were fighting against a group of, of thugs and he would want Robin to take them out using just his fists and his acrobatic, you know, ability and all of that. And he would almost do like, like an aside saying, you know, only, you know, cowards and yellow people would, you know, use a gun and not use, you know, their fists and them. It's like pretty much like almost a you know, uh, after school special saying don't use weapons, don't use guns; those are too violent. You know, if you have to fight, fight with what you have, and not you know that. So,
0: so it not only would he not do it, but he would affirmatively state that that would be a problem if you were to use it.
1: Right. It was almost you know overly used because just if he never used a gun again, that would be enough. <laughs> but there are just instances where. He kind of tells you again, hey, don't use a gun.
0: And, and that kind of sticks with me, uh, actually, as a, you know, growing up and following Batman. I right. That particular don't use guns. And I, 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 in my mind, I imagine actually telling that to Robin. So. Right. It. it- It seemed to stick.
1: Right. And I mean, and that approach would, of course, appeal to a younger audience just as they wanted Dick Grayson to appeal to because they're not trying to tell kids to go out and get guns and shoot the bad guys. You know, they would rather, you know, have them, you know, learn how to fight or even, you know, but.
0: Or outsmart them or guy.
1: outsmart them, use their wit, you well, know.
0: Yeah, it sounds like Batman took kind of a role model stance right around that period.
1: Exactly. He kind of became this kind of modeled citizen, you know, was aligned with the G C P D and Gordon and, you know, kind of became the a stand right citizen of Gotham and tried to like show what was right and what was wrong. And each story kind of brought almost, you know, kind of moral lessons that you could learn from especially if you're younger and you know it's almost like you know be nice to people share and don't do this and don't do that and those kind of definitely were underlined in stories especially in the 50s and 60s during the silver age
0: right and then um it seemed that that mentality or that characterization of batman Seem to enter into the Adam West series.
1: Definitely. I think that's a big reason why. I mean, people call it campy today, but it was just pretty much taking what the comics had at that time and putting it into live action. I mean, you know, in the when he has to go in the first episode and they have to go in the Batmobile, you know, he reminds Robin to put on his seatbelt and, you know, or he says, oh, you can't go into this party because you're too young and there's drinking. And it's just each episode was, even though it's like it's overly saying, you know,
0: do, the right, do thing. the right
1: thing, that's how the comics were. And they had those underlying tones anyway. So definitely, you know, you wouldn't see Adam West carrying a gun. He would just use that really huge batarang that would come out of that small utility belt somehow and use it to hit an enemy or anything. And even then, he would use his own... I mean, that's how you would get the pals and the kapals. He would use his fist and he would kick and he would fight, you know, like hand-to-hand combat. He wouldn't really even use a batarang. So definitely that was seen in the live action in the, at the end of the, the 1960s. And even in the following anim, animated small series that came in the nineteen seventies. I mean it was the same kind of mentality, you know, it was the same kind of teaching a lesson to the younger audience and really staying light. Is with.
0: that the Batman that would guest appear on Scooby Doo? Yes. <laughs>
1: so if you see Scooby Doo and Batman, those are the episodes, definitely like mid seventies,
0: those are the ones right. that And that's counted. also the Justice League, the early
1: Right. Super Friends Super and Friends. you know and all those incarnations that came out for the next two decades of that. But yes, definitely same thing. I mean, it really it was, I mean, it, it's a cartoon. He so was the Matthews street version of
0: Superman, you know, right. of do everything right.
1: Exactly. Um, and I guess that's why it's interesting to look at him when he first started. Before, he had a young sidekick that he had to kind of be an almost role model father to you know teach him what's good and what's bad what's right and what's wrong and kind of develop a different moral compass than he did when he was in the late thirties early early nineteen forties.
0: Well, it's interesting because maybe early on there it was pretty extreme, right? And then it uh, evolved into something extreme, but at the other end of the spe- uh, spectrum and then it it starts to change again
1: right i mean it's it's it was pretty extreme from the 60s and even the 70s just kind of you know jamming in you know don't use guns and we don't use guns and we use our wit and our our you know physical you know martial arts and all of that and then it kind of died down and when it got into modern comics and he still had for, you know, most of the continuity, that same mindset that, you know, you don't kill and you don't use guns and you're not violent in that way. You, you know, fight the opponent and outsmart them and use, you know, your knowledge to pretty much win the fight instead of just going to straight, you know, lethal ways. Um And then you see in the mid-80s when Frank Miller comes with The Dark Knight Returns in 86 that he just, to protect, you know, these group of children, he just shoots off rounds of bullets you know at the opponent and even though it's argued oh well they're rubber bullets so he wasn't killing them or anything just the visual fact
0: it hadn't been around it for hadn't years. been around
1: for years and so that was something that was really extreme at the time and it kind of played into how frank miller how much the dark knight returns whether you're a fan of it or not was groundbreaking in the sense that it
0: introduced
1: a lot of different factors that You know, Batman had kind of been wrestling with, such as using a gun, you know, and...
0: Are there people who aren't fans of that?
1: Oh, yeah. Really? (laughs) And there are people who are just fans of that arc and nothing else of Miller's. You know, they may not like Sin City or any of the other things that he's done or Daredevil or any of that. They may not you know they might just like that there it's but there are people i mean i've come across people i've talked to who just don't they're like i don't know why there's so much pretty much hype about the dark knight returns i don't know why it's so important and Mm. you know and that's almost that's almost something that could be another episode in the future definitely just focusing on that but the visual fact of him using pretty much a rifle gun and just going off rounds and rounds and rounds that visually was a real big, you know, that just kind of concerned people a little bit. They were wondering, you know, are we going back to him, you know, shooting people and using guns and, but really it's, even though it wasn't, you know, such, you know, every issue telling people you don't use guns, it was kind of more subtle. You know, the eighties kind of went on and the thing that kind of, came up um was the year later when batman year two which was in 1987 Who and um i know alan, alan, uh, alan davis did the art for it um and it was in batman 575 through 578 and the covers themselves visually it was um daunting because the, fir- the two out of the four covers had Batman holding a gun. And in 575, I mean, he's just holding, you know, he has a gun and he's just holding it and he's just standing there. So it's kind of, you know, you don't know what's going to happen in the comic. You don't know what the story is, but all you see on the cover is Batman holding a gun. And uh, it was looks- ri- written
0: by Mike Barr.
1: Mike Barr. There- Mike W. Barr. There you go. That's right. Um. And pretty much in the story, Batman struggles with using a gun and killing because he comes across Joe Chill, who is introduced as the person who murdered his parents, Thomas and Martha Wayne, and he still has Joe Chill's gun pretty much in his house and he's never used it or anything but he just goes back and forth pretty much between these issues contemplating whether or not to use it because he's just struggling so much and in the end he doesn't use it he doesn't use it against Joe Chill you know but just the fact that it was something so bothersome to him or kind of him you know going against you know should I get vengeance by killing the man who killed my family? Or, you know, should I stand by what I represent, which is, you know, I don't kill, I don't use guns, which was kind of both, uh, you know, combined. So back-to-back stories with after Miller and then Barr and Davis' story, it kind of introduced the whole gun aspect, which people were kind of already comfortable with that he doesn't use guns. I mean, it's like you know 30 years of almost like brainwashing like you don't use guns you don't use guns you don't use guns and then kind of when it comes to the modern era you know it's not like i said it's really rare to see him use a gun at all he uses all of his other gadgets he uses the batarang he uses all of the different things that you know and he uses just his fighting technique and
0: you you said rare to use guns what about rare to kill
1: rare to kill is kind of in the same category i mean in a particular issue it's all kind of in the late 80s when all of these dark stories kind of come which i always that period of time is always fascinating to me um when he has to fight the KG beast in batman 420 from 1988 he pretty much they end up in this underground chamber and they fight you know they duke it out and then the Russian assassin is really injured and Batman pretty much just locks him down there and leaves him there pretty much for dead. And when the police come, he's like, don't worry, it's being taken care of. Now, probably about ten, no, fifteen years later, this was retconned, and they mention it that the police go and actually save him, the Russian assassin that he locked away. So it kind of takes away the oh, he didn't kill him. But the fact that it was originally written that he was leaving him for dead, you know, that he thought this what he thought that it was fine for him to pretty much be out of existence because of all of the damage and all of the killing he was doing. So that's why it's interesting when with certain characters, which is, like I said, it's very rare. Like this is one of the rare instances that Batman would even do that. Um, With a character like that, he was okay with just leaving him for dead. Whereas he has been fighting characters like the Joker for, you know, decades. And he's done horrible things just as horrible. And yet he won't, you know, take the initiative to kill him, whether it's with a gun or with his hands. And so it kind of calls back to he has this no-kill rule yet for one of the most dangerous men that he's ever come across he can't break it and so it kind of makes you look at batman and kind of what his you know psychosis is and what he thinks about and what he deems right and wrong and so even though he doesn't kill and you know everyone likes that they're like oh he doesn't kill anybody or he doesn't use guns he comes across many different um ad you know um opponents that should probably not exist and he could easily take out but he decides not to um and you really don't see batman use a gun you know there's an instance in detective comics uh 710 it's from 97 where he uses a gun to take out a sniper that's about to take him out so that's another thing of you know if i don't do this right now i might not make it he might be thinking of his own self preservation You know, but, and I think probably in the more modern age, the, the most memorable time Batman has used a gun and has even said, you know, I am going against me using a firearm is during Final Crisis, which was written by Grant Morrison, um, main art by J.G. Jones. And that was in 2009. Um, he has to, Batman has to go up against Darkseid. And you know, I mean, that's a that's a Superman villain, which is fitting for Superman. But you know, going up against Batman, it's kind of like, you know, who pretty much would—he's got to use would, whatever he can, right? And so he uses a gun, and the bullet has enough power to actually kill Darkseid. I mean, it has the power to kill Orion and just that whole story. But and he shoots it, and it pretty much misses. And Darkseid uses his fire beams and it ricochets and gets batman and in that story that's where batman apparently dies and that leads to pretty much a year-long story of batman not being in comics and that's how you know battle for the cow happened that's pretty much how dick grayson soon became batman and all that but that's probably and that was early 2009 late 2008 the publication that's probably the biggest modern time where batman has used a gun you know that's straight to i'm going to shoot you to kill you and pretty much forward even into the new 52 you know it's real it's you know he doesn't kill he doesn't use guns that idea is still there um and I always found it interesting that in Final Crisis, they did a gun to kind of try to have him against Darkseid because at, right before then, the Christopher Nolan films were out. And I know a lot of time, for a lot of comics, um, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight essentially kind of influenced a lot of comics. And that's where it kind of originally started. You know, he doesn't, I mean, once he was trained, you know, by Ra's al Ghul and the League of shadows and all of that and pretty much you know was making himself his own you know what he wanted to be batman and training in the bat cave and making batarangs and making his own tech and you know in combination with lucius fox and you know wayne enterprises and all of that you know it was implied you know throughout the series that he doesn't need a gun he doesn't kill and since the nolan verse is pretty much a lot of people's introduction to batman since it went on from 2005 2012 i mean that's a really long period of time you know for something to kind of take over that type of media to take over movies i think that's where a lot of people who don't read comics they just that's where they get okay batman doesn't kill and he doesn't use guns and so when you tell somebody well he did use guns and he did kill at some point and even in the later years they're like no because You know, he doesn't have to and, you know, he has this and this and that and that's against his moral code and, you know.
0: So interesting. I I mean, when you think about it or what I've been thinking about is that if Batman will not kill, then Bruce Wayne would never vote for the death penalty. (laughs) That's true. I mean, because isn't that what – I mean, when we think – when you think about the death penalty and what that is, that is – We have enough evidence to determine that you've done something that requires you to die. Right. That's what the death penalty is. And Batman is a detective, so he gets all the evidence. And he gets the (laughs) evidence that you can't use in court. He gets real evidence. Right. He knows what the Joker's done, for example. He knows what these people have done, and yet he still won't kill them. Right. And so – he could never vote for the death penalty.
1: No, he can't. And and then at the end of the day, when he lets these criminals go back to Arkham or they escape or however they're apprehended, you know, he has to come back to the fact that he could stop it all. I mean, they could all end these people, you know, because he can take out. I mean, I know everyone's like, oh, he can't take out certain people. But the the rogues gallery that he has, the main villains that he deals with, Penguin and you know two-face and riddler and joker and those people who are pretty much just regular people that just have you know certain issues Mm -hmm. and they have their own way of crime at the end of the day he has to kind of almost think about you know my whole you know philosophy of no killing and not using this lethal type of way to fight i mean Who in the end is it really helping or hindering?
0: Right. Well, I think the other thing is it makes the reader or the viewer or anyone who's a fan of Batman really kind of reflect on that question themselves.
1: Exactly. I mean, what
0: do you believe in? Are you if you have the evidence and you know this and you don't do it, what is that?
1: Right. What is it? What kind of reflection is it on you and what you believe in or what you think is right? And if whatever you think is right, is it really? You know. Right.
0: Well I mean you know you even in the news and you know every president's going to say we're going to kill we're going to hunt down the terrorists and we're going to kill them. Right. They've done something that warrants a reaction of society to kill.
1: To kill, right.
0: And it's not and
1: just to imprison and you just It's keep to kill. There. It's to kill.
0: Straight up, right? We're going in there and we are dropping bombs and we're killing. Batman knows what the Joker's done and it's nothing short of a terrorist
1: right exactly
0: and yet he still won't kill so you really have to kind of ask yourself where do you fall
1: right and that kind of plays into just thinking about batman's sanity and just his whole you know crusade of dressing up as a shadowy figure and going out into the night and doing more work you know than maybe the police are supposed to do and just that whole idea of him doing that It's kind of just as crazy as Joker, except he's trying to do it for good. But then at the end of the day, when he lets homicidal maniacs go, is he really doing the good that he can do?
0: Mm. But would you say Batman's never been voiced against, uh, for example, Commissioner Gordon using a gun? and? For example, within the Batman family, he even allows Alfred to use the gun.
1: Right. It's something more personal. It's not necessarily just a society just shouldn't use it. But as, you know, comics have kind of evolved and become more modern, you know, he'll let, like, the only person pretty much in the Batman family he allows is Alfred to use a gun just in case someone invades the Batcave. And, you know, even though Alfred is tactical himself and can fight... You know, he's still like, if you need to, you can use it. And, of course, he is fine with the police force and, and Gordon using a gun. But it's more, I think, on a personal level, which is why I think people use a theory that his parents, you know, were killed with a gun. And he would not do that to someone else, and he would find a better way to bring them to justice than using that weapon that tr- pretty much transformed him into the hero he is now.
0: And it's helped him expand his technology and his ingenuity. I mean, he does, just doesn't have to whip out the gun and exactly. kill someone. He has to develop all kinds of tech and whatever necessary to solve the problem.
1: Right, and that's what makes his stories more interesting, not just the same old hat. It's not just pulling out a gun. It's not just punching somebody. It's He uses all of his knowledge and technical things he has to be able to solve different problems problems and, you know, go against different opponents, and I think that's why his stories are still so interesting even today.
0: So where do you think that Batman's moral compass will be in the uh, Batman Superman movie?
1: It's interesting because... If you look in one of the scenes, we were able to see it in IMAX on the day, on that Monday, that they were showing it all over the U.S. And you can see all of the little details that you can't see on your phone or your computer really clearly. And when Batman is standing atop of the building, it's not an antenna that he's holding on. He's holding a sniper rifle. So it's kind of interesting to see... Kind of where, and just from how, what you see in the two minutes, it's, it's it's very little, but you see that he has rage, that he feels powerless, that he has a vendetta against Superman or whoever else, and maybe he's using all of the resources he has to maybe take him out, and that could be using a gun.
0: Mm. So, and stay tuned for that, right? Definitely. So, <laughs> uh, again, I am a... Not a DC guy. I um, I'm just I just don't read them as much. So, w- tell me in just a quick minute convergence. What is that about? Real quick. That's pre- <laughs> is that just a whole new revamp? It's a whole,
1: It's pretty much a whole new revamp of the DC universe. It's kind of like they had this era of New Fifty Two, which is a soft reboot, started September two thousand eleven. And they pretty much are just...
0: Wasn't that supposed to be a hard reboot?
1: Yeah, but they but the editors called it a soft reboot so they can keep the stories such as the killing joke and kind of things that happened before the reboot and they want to keep those storylines within the continuity. Okay. So that's why it's not a hard reboot. So they kept the stuff they really liked and put it in the stories and yet they changed certain backgrounds and introduced new characters and pretty much those universes are kind of almost compiled um and i think this is all due to brainiac into new and older universes which is why you'll see a batman from today with a batman that was from the late 80s or you'll see a catwoman from you know today and you see her in her silver age and they're pretty much trying to see how these different universes coexist with each other, and it's kind of interesting to see the dynamic, you know, because you get to kind of relive the different heroes in their, you know, older universes or um, continuities, I suppose. And
0: and so, when convergence is done, will there be one single Batman?
1: I believe so. <laughs>
0: okay, and and that then...
1: is what everyone thinks.
0: So that Batman, and
1: even Batman right now. Is a different Batman than it was before, because as of right now Batman is considered well Bruce Wayne Batman is considered dead from the last issue of Batman number forty, and so going into the recent comics, it's someone else that's being Batman, so
0: how's his moral compass
1: um it's it's not necessarily lethal I mean he's pretty hardcore, you know, but it's not. I don't know if he'd be wielding a gun, but the type of Batman that's here right now, he's kind of using more tech. Like he's kind of almost using like a suit kind of like it's kind of robotic a a little bit. A little
0: uh, Tony Stark-ish.
1: Exactly. I didn't want to go there, but you did it. Uh, So, (laughs) but yes, it is very kind of Iron Man-like. So, he might have some, you know, little things on there that might be considered lethal, you might have little things and, and I mean, that you kind of even see that in the Nolanverse, even though he's no guns, no killing you know, the Batpod and the Tumbler and all those have little missiles on them, have things that make buildings explode, which could ha- possibly have people in them, I mean there's still lethal stuff that's within the Nolanverse but it's very central to Batman himself, it's very central to no, I'm not going to use a gun and I'm not going to kill purposely with, without giving away any spoilers, this new Batman
0: usually carries a gun on the regular.
1: Right. So it it would not be shocking to see that in the comics. But it's a completely different Batman. It's not necessarily the Batman that's, you know, the one that we all know. So
0: so the Bruce Wayne Batman that eventually comes back?
1: Right. Uh, I think he'll still be, you know i'm not gonna kill no guns i think he'll still be there
0: what is your batman preference if you could have if you could have a batman preference where would he be either with guns or moral compass or
1: you know i i i mean i am a fan of the golden age the first year batman him from 1939 to 1940 I really like that because that's the root of what Bob Kane and Bill Finger wanted you know that was the original you know type of hero type of vigilante type of dark figure type of pulp fiction type character that they wanted to you know be in comics and I personally don't have a problem with him using guns however I do like the fact that he expands on his tech and that, you know, he uses all of these different types of ways to, you know, beat the bad guy. And it's not just and none of it is superpowers, which has always been a thing with me. And yet he still has to deal with the his emotions and, you know, his mental state of knowing whether or not I should kill this person or not. I, that's why I always really like the Batman and Joker dynamic, because one pretty much cannot coexist without the other. And one refuses to kill the other. So I, don't, I wouldn't mind if he used guns. I wouldn't be mad. And I wouldn't mind if even he killed someone. That's not really a thing with me. I just like to keep it where he's aware that he's not killing and what that kind of does to him and how he proceeds with fighting crime in Gotham. I think that's always an interesting dynamic to look at when reading the comics.
0: All right. Fascinating stuff. Any, uh, wow. I mean that's a lot. I think we we talked about it, some really good stuff especially with this whole thing where I think the reader, or the viewer, or the person consuming the Batman uh can kind of ask themselves questions about what they think. It, right. It's really um it really is a deeper conversation to find out where you fall in terms of taking someone's life. I mean really? it's it's not as easy as right or wrong. There are questions.
1: And I mean, that makes the comic way more interesting. It's not just reading a story. You can kind of be more involved in it yourself. And I think that's how people get, you know, that's why certain heroes are their favorites because they can relate to it themselves.
0: So, now we've, uh, we've hit some major topics about Batman these first four episodes. Uh, You have been generous enough to actually, uh, allow listeners if they want to make suggestions on certain topics that you can, uh, research and then talk about, or if they have questions, you'd open, uh, the show up to that. So where can, can you be reached?
1: Definitely the easiest way to reach me is at my email at historyofthebatman at gmail.com. Or if you are a follower on Instagram, instagram.com slash historyofthebatman, you can send me a direct message and I will definitely respond. I am open to all suggestions and any topics or any questions you guys have. Definitely hit me up at my email, historyofthebatman at gmail.com.
0: Awesome. Thank you, London. And uh, anything else that you want to let the listeners know about?
1: Um, I've been thinking about the next episode, and it's something that has actually been one of my favorites to talk about on the Instagram account. And I think I'm going to bring it to an episode, and it's called The Myth of the Batman God Complex. And we're pretty much going to go over ten times that Batman has been defeated and go over Why? Because I think a lot of people think that Batman, he's so resourceful and he's so brilliant that he cannot be beaten by anybody. And we're going to debunk that theory in the next episode. So that's what you have to look forward
0: to. That is awesome. So thank you for sharing. As always, it's been a pleasure. And I know that the listeners are excited for the next episode. So please stay tuned. We'll come back to you next week with the History of the Batman with London, brought to you by Meltdown Comics and Collectibles. This show has been produced and engineered by Mason Booker. I'm Adam Silverstein from Meltdown Comics. We have London and our favorite guy lurking in the shadows, Shadow Adam. Thanks again for coming. And uh, we'll see you next week.
1: Hey, thanks, guys.